Well, hey there. This is Kim Constable. Welcome to the Strong and Sculpted Podcast, the podcast by me, Kim Constable, also known as the Sculpted Vegan, about all things strong and, of course, all things sculpted. So what are we going to talk about this week? You know me, I just like to dive right into it. Actually, you know what really annoys me about other podcasts I listen to? I think I said this the other week, but it's still annoying me. So I'm going to say it again. You know, podcasts who take like forever to actually get started in the episode. And they're like, this episode is sponsored by this person. And, and then it's like, oh, okay, right, hurry up. And then there's another ad. Oh, and this episode is sponsored by this person. And you're like, hurry the fuck up and just get on with it. I'm not here to listen to all of these bloody ads. I just want to hear the content of what you're going to say. That really irritates me, especially if it's like, oh, we're just going to take a special break here in the middle of the podcast to try and sell you this thing. I'm like, no, stop that. So I hope you appreciate the fact that there's no advertising on this podcast and there's no stopping what I'm saying so that, you know, I can try and sell you something. It's just wholesome, meaty, maybe that's not a good thing to say on a vegan podcast, actually, wholesome, non-meaty content for you to get your teeth into. Yes, yes, that's what I like. So anyway, what I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to talk about how to reverse diet out of a shred. Now, of course, this isn't just going to be about reverse dieting because you know me very well. It's never really about the thing that you think it's about, um, which is why you all love listening to these podcasts so much. And I know that because you tell me. So uh, how to reverse diet out of a shred? Why are we even going to talk about this? Well, it's something that comes up a lot in my programs because, as you know, we run the most epic shred programs ever in the world. And the most recent program or competition that we ran, which is the eight-week butt camp, just finished uh, two weeks ago. Yes, nearly two weeks ago it finished. Um, they all submitted their entries and the um, the judges decided and they were uploaded to the website for the judges to, sorry, well, the judges decided after they were uploaded to the website. The judges decided on their top 10 and we announced the top 10. And it's all very exciting. And everyone's like waiting to hear who the winner is. And the winner's going to be announced on Monday. And the winner gets $10,000. And second prize gets $3,000. And third prize gets $1,000. And fourth prize gets $500. And fifth prize gets $250. So big cash prizes, right? And so anyway, a lot of the people who were in the competition uh, are posting in the Facebook group. And they're like, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of questions now from Kim, how do you reverse diet? And Kim, what do we do? And, and how do you reverse diet out of a shred? And also, I'm on my own shred at the minute. So I'm actually doing a shred myself. It was supposed to be for um, a holiday we were going on, but the holiday has not been cancelled. <laughs> Thanks, EasyJet and COVID-19. So, but anyway, I've decided I'm just going to keep on shredding anyway, and I'm going to get some new epic uh, fitness photos done, because I usually do that about once a year anyway. And then my team, obviously, whenever I start running out of photos, they're like, need more content, Kim, need more photos. I'm like, yeah, do you have any idea how hard it is to get ripped for a photo shoot? Like, really? It's not just like, oh yeah, rock up to a photo shoot. No, no, no. You have to put in a shitload of effort before you actually even get there. So anyway, that's what I'm shredding for at the minute. And because I'm shredding, everyone's asking me, do you reverse diet? How do you reverse diet? What do you do when you reverse diet? And you know, the, the short answer is I don't reverse diet. I just go right back to eating healthily again because I'm a very healthy eater. I eat mostly whole food, whole food, you know, plant-based food. I don't eat a huge amount of fat. I don't eat food, you know, out of a packet. I don't eat takeaways. And like I do eat a pizza every so often. And sometimes I'll go to a Chinese or whatever. But like most of the food that I eat is calorifically light but nutritionally dense. So I never, ever feel the need to reverse diet. But I understand that a lot of people do. And I understand why it is a question that is asked 
a lot. Now, what is reverse diet? A reverse diet is where you gradually increase your calories week by week, maybe like 100 or 200 per week until you get back up to where you were previously. And I remember trying to reverse reverse diet years ago because my trainer at the time, he told me, oh yeah, you need to reverse diet and add 100 calories or 200 calories every week or 100 calories every three days or something. I can't remember what it was. And I was so fucking starving after my shred. I was like, yeah, fuck that. No way. Just too much effort. Like, you mean, hang on, after I've achieved my goal, I have to keep counting calories and like adding a little bit. Oh, I can just have another spoonful of rice today. Whoopee, another 100 calories. No, that's totally not me. I'm like all for a goal. And when the goal's finished, I'm like, there's no reverse dieting out of it. So I just decided that I wasn't going to get into all that. I was just going to eat healthily and it's never done me anything bad. And you're like, okay, Kim, is that it? Podcast over? Yep, that's it. Don't need to reverse diet. Okay, guys, see you next week. Bye. No, not really. That's obviously there's a lot more to it. And I'm going to get into the how and the why and the wherefore. But what really prompted, I suppose, this week's podcast is there's been a lot of talk in the eight-week butt camp group um, about the members are feeling emotional and they're going through kind of this um, process that is very, very normal, by the way, of they've been doing, you know, cardio twice a day, training six days a week. They've been counting their macros and calories or they've been following the meal plans and they've been really focused towards this goal, this eight week goal. They know there's a competition. They know they're, you know, they were up for the top 10 and there was a chance to win $10,000. And so everyone was very, very focused on this goal. And then suddenly, bump the goal's gone. You know, like it's it's completed. The program is completed. And so sometimes it, it can be a little overwhelming to know what to do afterwards. So I thought, you know what, this is a really good episode. I actually had a whole other podcast planned this week, which is all about time management and how I manage my time. But I'm going to do that for next week. And this week instead, I'm going to focus on talking about reverse dieting. But before we get into it, do you want to remind you, of course, uh, leave me a review on this podcast. If you want to win a Sculpted Vegan program, Christina, my lovely assistant, is going to choose the winner uh, of the podcast next month, It's uh, the, we're coming up to the end of August now, 2020. So she's going to choose the winner at the start of September and we will announce it here on the podcast. So all you have to do is leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, take a screenshot, send me the screenshot on Instagram as a direct message. My Instagram is the sculpted vegan, and definitely uh, you will be in with the chance of winning a Sculpted Vegan program. Okay. So let's go. How to reverse diet. So as I said, in the eight-week butt camp group, in the previous one, not in the current one, obviously. So for those of you who don't know, by the way, we are running another massive $10,000 first prize butt camp competition. It starts September 7th. It is open for purchase at the minute. If you go to our website, thesculptedvegan.com, you will see it there on the homepage. Pick up your copy of the butt camp and get into the competition and you could be in the chance of winning $10,000. But in the old butt camp group, well, not the old group, but in the main butt camp group, not the competition one, um, I saw a post this morning where some of the members were chatting about, you know, feeling emotional after their shred, not really knowing what to do and feeling, you know, this guilt at eating and and should they continue with cardio? Should they not continue with cardio? You know, just feeling a little bit in limbo, I guess. And I smiled to myself and I and I wrote a, a reply to the message or to the, the post because I wanted to give my experience. But then I also thought, you know what, this will be a really good episode. So I, I really want to dissect here my experience, I've had many, many, many experiences of this, and I think that I have cracked, you know, the code of what it is to do. So I really hope that I can help you with this. Um, if you've ever been on a diet or you've gone through a period of dieting and you've you've experienced this at the end of it, this is really going to help you to know what to do. So first, let me tell you about whenever I was shredding last year to go to Australia. 
My husband, Ryan, and I took the kids to Australia to see his parents and his family for Christmas. So Ryan, my husband, is actually Australian. And so we go there every two years, I would say. So this particular year, we I remember Ryan and I were, where was it? It was after after my show. I had um I had finished competing. I competed in the World Championships in June 2019. And then I um I I I'd put on a bit of body fat afterwards, as you always do after you've been prepping for a show. I had done three shows, April, May, and June. So I'd been dieting for like six months, right? Dieting and training for six months. So I'd put on a bit of body fat. And I remember Ryan and I were walking through uh, the Botanic Gardens in Belfast one Sunday, and we were going away on vacation at the end of September. And this was about August, I think. And I said to Ryan, I have an idea. I said, why don't we do a shred once we come back from vacation at the end of September. We were going out for a week um, with my mum and with the kids to Spain. I said, why don't we do a shred when we get back and we can get shredded for going to Australia? Because we were leaving for Australia in the middle of December, so that would have given us 10 weeks to shred. I said, we'll do a 10-week shred, we'll both get absolutely ripped and it'll give us a goal to focus on and we'll look amazing on the beach in Australia. So he was like, yeah, fantastic, really good, I'm in. So I knew that I had that goal in mind. This is in August, so I just gave myself permission to eat and drink and enjoy myself and we went away on holiday at the end of September. And whenever we came back or on the way back on the plane, I worked out a shred protocol for Ryan and I. So I worked out, you know, our current height and weight and body fat and total daily energy expenditure. And I worked out how many calories we were going to start with and, and what the calories were going to drop to based on the timeline we had set ourselves. I worked out um, the cardio schedule we were going to do, the training we were going to do, everything. Supplements we're going to take, devised meal plans, everything. So I did all this, not I didn't do all this on the plane, but I did a lot of it on the plane and then I continued doing it whenever I got home. So Ryan and I embarked on a 10-week shred. And whenever, and because I wasn't obviously stepping on stage, we allowed ourselves some alcohol at the weekend. It was coming up to Christmas, you know, towards the end of it. So we had some nights out, we had some, you know, different things, whatever. So we weren't, we were strict, but whenever there was a family event or there was a party or whatever, we did let ourselves go and we let ourselves eat. And as a result, whenever we went away to Australia in the middle of December, I was absolutely shredded. I was very, very, very close to my stage lean. Okay, I, I, A lot of people say stage weight, but for me, whenever I'm on a shred, my weight actually never changes. So um, I was very close to the, the condition that I would be in in stage, and I was really, really happy with whenever I went away. And so I remember getting on the flight, and it was extra special for me at the time because I had worked. One of my goals in life was to be able to afford to fly my family business class to Australia. And not even first class, because in first class, you're in separate cabins. And I was like, well, I don't want all the kids to be in separate cabins. I kind of want them to be you know, close to me because my kids are quite young. So um, I flew them all business, uh, which was a completely different experience from flying economy. Because let me tell you, whenever you have gotten into that flight, right, onto that plane, and you turn right instead of left... <laughs> It really is completely different. Now, not on the big, massive planes, because business class is always upstairs. So you never even see business class. You actually board in a different gate. But whenever you're on the Dubai flight, the first flight from Dublin to Dubai, and you turn right and you look to all of those really comfortable business class seats on the left, and you know you're heading down the plane with your four children to sit in economy for the next 33 hours, it's a little bit soul-destroying. So one of my goals was to fly my, my family business. I worked very, very, very hard 
you, a lot of you will know the story, have grown a very successful business. And this year we flew business. And I remember being on that flight, we were heading off to the vacation of a lifetime. We had booked this massive, huge, big house on the beach, right on the beach. The sound of the ocean was crashing. You know, you could hear the ocean crashing every night when you were sleeping. It was like 50 foot from our bedroom window. 50 feet from our bedroom window. And it was just, we knew that we were flying away in this incredible experience in business class to Australia with, you know, to this beautiful house that we had booked. And life was so sweet. And you know, that feeling of just, you know, and I was standing there and I was ripped and I was shredded, you know, and and the air hostesses kept saying, oh my God, like, look at your arms. You know, as we were chatting to them, there's a bar on board whenever you're in business class on, on the big flight. There's actually a bar where you can go and like get a cocktail and stand and chat and, you know, meet meet friends and whatever. So, of course, every time I was going down to the bathroom or I went down to the bar, um, I was in the bar quite a lot <laughs> during that flight. And, uh, you know, I'd be chatting their hostesses and stuff and they would be like, oh, my God, look at your arms. Like, you look amazing. And, of course, and I felt so proud because I had been on this shred for so long. Whenever you're really shredded and people notice, you know, that your hard work, it feels so good. So um, we were going away on this holiday, deal, this holiday of a lifetime and I allowed myself on that flight, I just gave Give myself permission to just eat and drink and relax and, and you know, and just completely and utterly enjoy it. And I didn't feel one bit guilty. They had the most incredible vegan menu on board. Didn't feel one bit guilty about the food and the drink that I was eating. I think I must have drunk single-handedly three bottles of champagne on that flight on the way over. So anyway, we arrived in Australia. We got to the house where we were um, staying and it was the morning time when we arrived there and almost immediately the worry and what do you even say? I was going to say the guilt kicks in. It's not the guilt, but I guess the 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 should kicks in. You know what if you start to should all over yourself? So we were there and Ryan was like, let's just get a couple of days to settle in and then we'll go to the gym and train once we get over the jet lag and whatever. And I was like, okay, okay. But I was suddenly, you know, I, I immediately start going into the fear of all right, okay, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lose my gains and, and I and I don't want to eat too much because I, I want to stay really lean. And, and if I start eating too much, will I, will I put on weight really quickly? And, and I don't want to, like, I really want to drink and relax, but I don't want to drink too much because what if I get bloated and, and I don't look as good in the beach? And why did I even work this hard to get this lean if I'm just going to throw it all away in the first week? And, and so, you know, all of this starts kicking in. And so therefore, so then I was like, you know, and I'm also in this, in this mindset of under eating, of slightly under eating because I, you know, I was down to about 1300 calories in the last week before I went away just to really push hard and get extra shredded. And that is like super low for me. So, um, so I started, you know, obviously we went, we went grocery shopping and different things and, and I really just wanted to enjoy the food of Australia. They have the most incredible vegan food and, and these great big beautiful markets and organic stores and all these vegan cheeses and, you know, and, and, um, I, oh my God, this particular like chia seed and like Oreo and vegan chocolate, like pot thing we used to get in one of these like cafes nearby. And of course, you you know, you have all this decadent, wonderful food, all these new experiences that you want to try. But in the back of your mind is, I need to stay shredded. I need to stay shredded. I need to stay shredded. And and it's funny because for a couple of of days, I would say, maybe a week, I went through this process of going, should I eat that? Should I not eat that? Like I would have a beer and then I would feel guilty. I'm like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to have another one. And then I'd be like, fuck, you've already had one, Kim. You may as well have another one. And then I would have three and then I would have, get a little bit drunk and I'd be like, oh, fuck it, who cares? I just want to be fat and happy. And then I would just keep keep drinking more beer. You know, and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh no, I feel a bit bad. Now I have to go to the gym. And, you know, and I, we were walking every morning, but I was just in this constant state of not even disarray, but of of not having a calm mind. That's the only way I can describe it. And one day I remember 
It was about, we had been in Australia, we were there for a month. I think it was just before Christmas. And I just, you know, I looked at myself one day and I was like, Kim, you can like, you can go round and round and round in your head and you can suffer, you know, mentally suffer and you can second guess everything and you can question yourself and you can try and stay shredded and you can, you know, half limit yourself this whole holiday or you can just go all in. You can just go all in and say, fuck it, I'm here in Australia on one of the the biggest, beautifulest beaches in Australia with my Australian family who I hardly see. And, and you can just choose to completely soak up the experience, eat all the food, drink all the drink. And dear God, if you want to work hard and get shredded when you go back home, then you can do that again. It's totally fine. And see, once I made that decision, everything changed for me. Because up until that point, I had been half-assing it. That's the only way I can describe it. Like at home, I had been doing two hours of cardio a day, eating, you know, starting at 1800 calories, dropped down to 1300 calories, very controlled diet, controlled food, controlled cardio, controlled weight training, controlled supplements. Everything had been controlled in order to get me to a certain point. And it was almost like then I had been like thrown out into the wilderness, which happens every year whenever I shred, thrown out into the wilderness. And suddenly you're standing there going, ah, oh, you know, when you're, 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 it's almost like, you know, it's almost like climbing out of the water and keeping like, you know, one foot in the water and one foot out of the water. You're neither half in, you're neither all in, but you're neither all out. So you're kind of half on a diet and half on a diet, half off a diet. And see, being half on a diet and half off a diet, it's really not a very nice place to be. I'm sure many of you have been there before and you just, the anxiety that you feel and the unsettled mind and you're second guessing yourself and the choices you make, it's really just not a nice place to be. And the point that I'm trying to make here is you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I know I say that a lot, but it is true. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Literally, being lean is extremely hard and it requires hard work. Like getting to any stage of leanness, especially where you would have veins on your abs or you would be super lean or super ripped or close to stage lean, requires an extraordinary amount of work. If it were easy, everybody would be walking around shredded, but they're not because it's not easy. And after a shred, you are exhausted and you're ready for a mental and a physical break. But the problem is many of us especially if you've ever done one of my shred programs. And if you've never done a shred, you may not really understand what I'm talking about here, but I encourage you to put yourself in the position to to try a shred, maybe try the next eight-week butt camp program because it's an incredibly rewarding process and you really learn an enormous amount amount about yourself. But afterwards, you really are ready for a mental and physical break, but you must give yourself permission to have this break. If you don't give yourself permission, you end up half-assing it and getting nowhere, getting absolutely nowhere. You're either you're half on and you're half off and you live in limbo and anxiety of not really being all in or all out. And it's an exhausting place to be. I was chatting recently to uh, my trainer and he was telling me about a client of his. And he said to me, we almost had a stand-up row last week. I don't know whether you guys, you call that in America, but it's over here. If you're like, you have a shouting match, it's called a stand-up row. So he said, we almost had a stand-up row last week. He said, because um, she was bitching and whinging and complaining to me that she hadn't lost any weight that week on her diet. So this client is working towards measurable goal. And she was bitching, whinging, and she hadn't lost any weight. And he said, and I said to her, but hang on a wee second here. He said, let's let's just think about this. He said, you, you've had an extremely busy week. The kids have gone back to school. And she said, yes. And he said, so let me just ask you, 
how many of your five cardio sessions did you do this week? And she said, one. And he said, and how many of your five strength training sessions did you do this week? And she said, three. And he said, and how committed were you to your diet? Like, how much did you manage to stick to your diet? And she said, about 50%. And he said, okay, so you did one out of five cardio sessions, three out of five strength training sessions, and you only stuck to your diet 50%, but yet you still expected to get the same results that you were getting before? And she was like, uh, yes, I think I did. And he was like, seriously, you have to realign your expectations here. He was like, you know, this bodybuilding and, and shredding fat is actually a science. It's an exact science. It's a mathematical equation. It's you must burn off more calories than you consume in order to lose body fat. And that week she hadn't burned more calories than she had consumed. And so therefore she, she hadn't lost any body fat. The scales hadn't tipped far enough over to one side for her body to burn body fat, but yet she was upset and annoyed and she was annoyed at herself. And he was like, you know, there's no point in being annoyed at yourself. You just accept that this week you, for whatever reason, chose not to follow your diet, not to do your cardio, not to train. She was like, well, I didn't choose. And he was like, no, no, understand. You made a choice. And she said, no, no, I didn't because I had to take the kids to school and I was busy with this. And and she was, have you ever tried, you know, have you ever tried to get your cardio done whenever you have like a one-year-old hanging off your leg and a five-year-old? And he said, well, yeah, I have five kids. Like, I understand exactly what it's like. He said, but, but don't get me wrong. He said, I'm not blaming you, but I'm trying to get you to recognize that you did choose in that moment. In that moment, you chose your kids. You chose the comfort of, you know, of giving them comfort. You chose not to get up earlier in the morning because you're exhausted running around after your kids all day and trying to get them back to school and all the emotional stuff that goes with that. He said, so you did choose. You chose not to get up. You chose not to follow your diet and you chose not to do your cardio and you chose not to do your training. But it's not a blame and it's not a judgment. It's just reality. But if you're not committed to reality and you're not committed to, to um, seeing cause and effect that you have, have created in this situation, you're never going to be successful because you're not actually living in reality. You're expecting results for work that you didn't do. And that is never going to move you closer to your goal. And I love Mark because he is like so, um, so grounded. Bodybuilding really makes you very, very grounded. It gives you data you can't cheat the body. You can't cheat your results. You can't make muscle grow faster than it can grow. You cannot make fat burn faster than it can burn. You can just work hard and hope for the best. And then you get data over time about what's possible and what's not. But you really can't pretend, you can't fake, and you can't cheat it in real life. You can't. And so bodybuilding makes you very, very grounded. And whenever Mark was telling me this story, I thought, you know, it's so true you're, because you're either on or you're off. There is no in between. You know, and if you try to be half on and half off, you will drive yourself nuts. But more than anything, you have to be very reality driven or very um, data based, data based, data driven about what is possible and what is not, and also about what you're choosing and what you're not. And if you're not committed to living in reality, with your situation and with your choices, you're never going to be able to get where you want to go. But quite often as well, the problem is many people don't even know where they want to go, right? They don't even, they don't really know what their goal is and they don't really know what their overall goal is either. You really need to have like an over, um, 
an overall goal, I guess. That's uh, that's one of the things that I've, I've always said. You need to have a goal. You need to know where you're going in life and you need to know what it is that you're doing. Because I remember the first time whenever I started competing, it was, let me think, 2017. And whenever I decided that I was going to step on stage, I went nuts looking at, you know, bikini models uh, on the internet. So I would watch Bikini Olympia. I would watch uh, bikini shows, pro shows worldwide. I would watch posing videos. I would, you know, follow bikini athletes online. Um, I remember following me on Instagram. I would screenshot, you know, pictures of bodies that I really enjoyed or really liked or really wanted to look like. And I remember taking a picture once of the... Uh, bikini athlete Camille Pariat, right? I still follow her actually now, but I didn't even know it was her at the time. But she came up my Instagram feed and I took a photograph of her. And I remember showing it to Curtis, my trainer at the time. And I said to Curtis, this is what I want to look like. Okay. And this is what I want to look like. And here's the interesting thing now, just as a, as a caveat, I'm actually far more muscular than Camille. Um, but I, at the time, I really, uh, I thought that she was just like absolutely incredible. She had really great muscle tone and I just loved what she looked like. And I said to Curtis, this is what I want to look like. This is, no, I didn't even say that to him. I said to him, this is what I'm going to look like next year on stage. And I remember he looked at me and of course I had no fucking clue, right? I'd only started bodybuilding in April 2016, right? That's when I started four years ago, four and a half years ago. I'd only just started and I was completely delusional about what was possible. And so I said to him, that I showed him this, I think it was in July or something or August. And I said, this is what I'm going to look like next year on stage. And he looked at it and I remember he looked back at me and he, and he went, well, yeah, no, she's obviously been training for a long time. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't you dare tell me I can't do it. I don't think I said that, but I was thinking it in line, in, inside. All I, I remember thinking, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know how hard I work. He doesn't know what it is that I'm willing to do. And because I truly just believed that if I just applied myself diligently with, um, you know, an intense amount of work, that I could make my body look like Camille Pariatz. Like I completely and utterly ignored the fact that this woman has been training or has probably been competing for maybe 10 years. And, you know, she's built that body over a long period of time. There's no fucking way my body was going to look like hers in a year. But I was determined, that, but I was the kind of person who would work really, really, really hard. And I was going to look like Camille Pariatz after a year. And I just, I remember whenever, you know, feeling a wee bit disappointed that Curtis wasn't like, yes, absolutely. Yes, you will look like that. Absolutely. Great goal. 100%. Yes, you're going to look like that on stage next year. So, but I remember that was my goal, right? I had that as my screensaver. I kept it in my phone. I was, I was, you know, committed to this is what I was going to look like. So I had a vision from the very beginning of what I wanted to look like. And then I stood on stage uh, in April, 2018 and I looked nothing like Camille Pariat. Nothing at all like her. I I had a vision in my mind, right? I had played this scene so many times in my mind. I was going to walk out on stage. I was going to have flawless posing. I was going to have, you know, ripped abs with veins running over them. I was going to have, you know, this beautiful hourglass figure. And, you know, and I, I just, I just, in my mind, had this vision of what I was going to look like on stage. And then I watched the videos back. <laughs> of me on stage. Now, here's the thing, right? I actually came first. No, I came, uh, yeah, first and fifth in my two competitions. In my first ever competition, I went in for first time bikini, not realizing first time bikini is full of 16-year-olds. <laughs> 
So there was me, 37 years of age, you know, wrinkly knees and four kids and all that, standing on stage with a bunch of, well, there were about 18, a bunch of 18-year-olds, right? 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Now, I still managed to come fifth out of a class, I think, of 22. So fifth in a class of 22 actually wasn't too bad, let me tell you. At the time, I was massively disappointed. I was like, fifth? I am not a person who comes fifth. What are you, this, is, this is absolutely despicable. Like I was really disgusted at coming fifth because I'm so competitive. And um, but you know, but I was I wasn't disgusted. And, like I wasn't angry with the other competitors. I was angry with myself. I was like, surely I could have, you know, I could have done better than this. I knew that I could have done better. And then I just knew I did not look like I had wanted to look. And whenever I looked like looked back at the videos, even now I can't watch them without cringing. My posing, I had used to like. It's really. <laughs> Posing takes so many years to perfect and to feel comfortable up on stage. And I had this right, I just kept helicoptering my right arm and like swinging it round in a circle that looked so horrendous. Oh my God, my posing was horrendous. I kept dropping my right shoulder forward and I, I was stomping around the stage like a baby elephant in a fucking sparkling bikini. <laughs> you have no idea. Because they had carpet on the stage as well. Who the fuck puts carpet on a bloody stage? So there was no like walking daintily or delicately over the stage trying to stick your butt out so it doesn't jiggle and hold your stomach in and shoulders back and smile all at the same time. And then you also had to be careful that you weren't catching your heels on the carpet and tripping over. So I was kind of stomping across the stage like a baby elephant, right, in a sparkly bikini with a big smile and hair extensions. I had clip-in hair extensions. God, they were so hot and they were, oh, it was just the whole thing was horrendous. And I watched the video back and I was so disappointed with how I looked. Now, I did my next competition then um, three weeks later and I I did I did look better. I was I was leaner. I definitely my posing was better. I practiced more. I'd obviously been on stage once already. So I was a lot more confident about being on stage and what was it to be expected and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely did better the second time around and I won uh, my competition. It wasn't a big class, so I think it was only four of us in it. But um, my point is, right, so here's what happened. After the first competition, it, it was in a place called Limavati, I think, uh, which is about an hour's drive from Belfast. And the show went on all day and all night. They didn't give out the prizes at the end of each class. They did a prize giving at the very end, which was horrendous because normally you would you would do the prizes at the end of the class and then you can you know go home. But obviously they were trying to stop people from going home. They wanted people to hang around and um and you know and, and be there all day or whatever. So they kept everyone there for the prizes at the end. But it meant that I wasn't I didn't actually go back on stage to get my prize. Um, until I think it was 11 o'clock at night. And we had I had been up from five. So I'd been up from five, didn't go back on stage at 11. By the time we got packed up and home, Ryan drove me. It was one of the only shows he ever came to. I think he was, I think he was scarred from the first one. He drove me home. I didn't get home until I think about one o'clock in the morning. So the next morning when I woke up, I was exhausted. I was exhausted from the adrenaline. I had been covered in tan, you know, obviously had the fake nails and, you know, my eyes and everything were sore from having so much makeup on and the false eyelashes and, and the hair extensions and everything and so I was I was tired and I was exhausted and I woke up in the morning and I looked back at the video that my friend had taken of me um, on stage and I was so disappointed with what I looked like because it did not fit the vision that I had created for myself in my mind and I got up that day and I put on my gym clothes and there was no sense of there was no sense of yes I did that. I accomplished that. Oh my God, go me. I'm so proud. There was nothing. I hadn't even planned to do the next show, which was, in, I think it was in two weeks, two weeks away. Hadn't even planned to do it. But Curtis had said to me, what about doing, you know, what about doing PCI in Belfast in two weeks? 
And I remember being like, oh my God, I can't, I can't go into another prep. I can't, but I did end up doing it. I was really glad that I did it. But I woke up the next morning and I put on my gym clothes and I, the kids had tennis lessons on a Monday. I took the kids to tennis and while they were in tennis, I went to the gym and I busted my ass in that gym. And do you know why I busted my ass in that gym? Because how I looked on stage wasn't even close to the vision that I had created for myself that I wanted to look like. So my immediate goal had been to stand on stage. My immediate goal had been to, um, you know, compete in these two shows or that, that one show, which my first show, I didn't even know I was going to do the second one. But that first show, I had prepped for it from January. So I'd done four months prep, which is, you know, dieting and, and training and cardio. And I had, you know, obviously got the bikini and the jewelry. And I had, I had that had been my immediate goal. But the minute it was over, I knew that I hadn't come even close to the body that I wanted. And getting the body was my overall goal. The bikini show was my immediate goal, but the body that I knew I wanted to sculpt was actually my overall goal. And so I was motivated to get up in the morning and go to the gym because I knew that I had a shitload of work to do. I had trained my ass off for a year. And I thought that I looked good, except when I saw the photos. I saw the photos of myself and I realized that I was nowhere near close to where I wanted to be. And because I knew that I, was, I wasn't anywhere close to where, where I wanted to be, I kept going and I was motivated to keep going. And so, and it, 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 the kind of thing is it happened, it happened as well with, um, it happened with the business too. And, and I know that I draw a lot of parallels between bodybuilding and business, but I think that if you don't have a vision of, of where it is that you want to go, if you don't have an overall goal, if you don't have an overall vision of who you want to be or what you want to look like or what you want to achieve, you're always going to be disappointed. You're always going to be disappointed or you're always going to, you're going to, you're going to reach a small or a mini goal and then you're going to feel deflated afterwards. You're going to feel like, oh, you know, like what now or where do I go? And that's where you're going to be in, especially to do with bodybuilding or dieting, that's when you're going to be in the half on, half off because you're going to live in this limbo land of, 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 you know, I see this in the butt camp at the minute. They were they were doing two hours cardio a day. They were, you know, training six days a week doing their, this is at the very end, by the way, the butt camp it only starts at 30 minutes a day, the cardio, but you work up to two hours a day at the very end with um, six days glute training as well, full body with focusing on glutes. So they had been doing this very structured plan, but most of the people in the butt camp, their goal was just the end of the eight weeks. They hadn't really thought beyond the eight weeks. They hadn't really thought of, well, what is it that I ultimately want? What is it I what is it that I ultimately want to look like? Or what is it that I ultimately want to achieve? And without that bigger vision, if you finish a training program or you finish a shred or you finish um at a very you reach a very immediate goal without the bigger vision to move towards, you're always going to feel in limbo. This is what happened to me, and this is why I told the two stories of me in Australia whenever I was prepping for, or I'm sorry, whenever I was uh, shredding for Australia and shredding after my or for my first competition. Whenever I came, whenever I had gotten to Australia and I was like, oh, am I on, am I off, am I on, am I off? I it, it, it was a, a period of transition for me. It was a hard period of transition for me because I had finished competing. I knew I wasn't going to compete again. I finished competing in June 2019. 
and I knew I wasn't going to compete again. And so it was almost like I had shredded down to really low body fat, but I didn't want to put it on again because I, I knew that I wasn't going to go through those, well, I didn't think that I was going to go through those periods of building and shredding and building and shredding anymore. It was like, it was almost like I had achieved all my goals. I had achieved the body that I wanted to achieve. Like I, I would now say that I have the body that I have always wanted to have. So I'd achieved the body that I wanted to achieve. I had competed professionally many times. I'd won my pro card and I had competed on a world stage. Um, and I had, uh, I, I'd, I'd achieved, I can't even think of anything else, but those two things really like the body and, and the personal and the professional, um, status, but also I had used my competing to build my business, right? To build my, my thriving multi-million dollar business. So in January, I find myself, or whenever we got to Australia, I find myself without a goal, without a body goal. And it was the first time I'd ever come off a shred and really find myself in limbo and really find myself without a goal. And I, I, I suffered for a couple of weeks, or I didn't suffer, but I really find it hard for a couple of weeks to readjust until that day that I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Kim, you're going to have to just enjoy, you're going to miss the experience of this vacation if you don't just relax and enjoy it. And when you get back home in January, you can set another goal or you can decide where you want to go or what you want to do. But right now, you just have to enjoy the moment. And whenever I decided to do that, it was so good. I relaxed. I enjoyed the holiday and it was perfect. And whenever I came back in January, do you know what my goal was between January and this is now August 2020? Do you know what my goal has been all year? Nothing. I set myself the goal or I gave myself permission to just cruise in my training and cruise in my diet and just to cruise for as long as I felt that I wanted to. I said to myself, I don't have a goal and I'm not going to set a goal. And I did it very mindfully. And I said, well, in fact, I did have a goal. I was like, my goal is going is to relax. My goal is to know that I have worked seriously hard for four years now and I've achieved everything that I wanted to personally and professionally in bodybuilding. And now I'm just going to relax and enjoy eating and enjoy training. So I'm going to train every day, but I'm not going to bust my ass doing cardio. I will walk the dog because I enjoy walking the dog. So I'm going to be doing cardio every day, walking the dog, but I'm not going to see it as cardio. And I'm just going to relax and enjoy myself. And that is what I did right up until um, uh, two weeks ago, until we came back from vacation. In vaca We went away for a week's vacation in July. First time I'd worn a bathing suit all year, apart from in the back garden because COVID-19. Hello, thank you. Um, and so that gave me the motivation. I went back on a shred and now I'm like highly motivated again. And I don't even have an end goal at the minute. I'm just like really enjoying life. I'm really enjoying the business. I'm really enjoying working and I'm really, really motivated. And so, um, but but the fact, or the point is, I, I mindfully, I gave myself permission to cruise, to put on body fat and to not worry about it until I reached a point where I felt motivated again. But I think that this is, um, so there's two things here I want to I want to bring home and say that if you don't have an overall vision of where you want to go or what you want to achieve, you will always feel in limbo or disappointed at the end of a shred. And I just realized this was supposed to be about reverse dieting. It's supposed to be about reverse dieting. And I will talk about that in a second. But first of all, what I want to say to you is you need to decide in your mind what your overall vision is. 
and work towards your overall vision. And that will guide you throughout every single decision you make along the way. Because even if you just did the eight-week butt camp, or say you did the four-week shred, or the 12-week shred, or the one-week shred, or the jailhouse shred, or one of my other shred programs, this is very consistent with the shred programs. Many people after the shred program, they move into the eight, 18-month program. But even people who move into the 18-month, which is, a, it's not a shred, by the way, an 18-month shred would kill you. It's a, just a long-term bodybuilding program to sculpt the body of a physique athlete. Many people who move into the 18-month month program, even they find themselves in limbo. They find it really hard to get started in that program because they miss the routine, they miss the structure, and they're not focused on another goal. So my, what I'm trying to say to you is you need to have an overall goal which shapes your decisions up until you reach that goal. And when you reach that goal, then you can decide what your next goal is. And sometimes your next goal might just be to take six months off and just relax and find a new goal and find a new challenge and find a new something that you that you want to do and that that excites you. And that's kind of where I am at the minute. I'm just cruising with bodybuilding. I love my body. I'm enjoying still building muscle in my legs and my glutes. I'm enjoying being shredded. I'm enjoying doing a photo shoot. You know, I'm not really working for this overall vision anymore because I have achieved my vision. But if you haven't achieved your vision, you need to have that vision first. And if you don't have that vision, if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. I, I did this in business as well. I think that's why I don't mind having not having a bodybuilding goal at the minute because I have a very, very, very strong business goal. I was I was chatting to somebody about this the other day. We're actually starting um, a new company. We're starting a new company in September. September 21st is launching and it's called The Million Dollar Business. Okay. Well, they actually, the company is called The Million Dollar Mentor. So I am starting a company called The Million Dollar Mentor and I'm going to mentor people on how to get to a million dollars. I'm going to teach them how to build a business, okay? Because whenever I first started The Sculpted Vegan, I didn't want to earn a little bit of passive income. I wasn't like, oh, I just want to earn like a couple of extra quid so I can, you know, pay for the kids' tennis lessons and, you know, and have a nice dinner every now and then. No, 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 no. Whenever I started The Sculpted Vegan, I wanted to build a multi-million dollar business, multi-million dollar business. I did not just want to start a 12-month program or run a little bit of this, run a little bit of that. My goal was always much bigger than that. And 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 it was, at the time, multi-million dollars was like huge for me. I was like, oh my God, imagine turning over millions every year. Well, unfortunately now, or fortunately, actually, should I say, I've reached that goal. And so you know what my goal is now? You know what my new kind of infinity goal is, if you like? A billion dollars. I said to my team the other week, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be one of the few females in the world who who turn who has a, a company with a billion dollar turnover. Why the fuck not? Right? Why not? People are like, you are nuts. I'm like, why not? Why not have that goal? Who says you can't? You know? Who says you can't? So I'm gonna be one of the only females in the world with a billion dollar turnover. So why am I telling you this? Because my ultimate goal for my business was always a multi-million dollar turnover. I wanted to I wanted to build a massive business and it's still not anywhere near the size that I want it to be. I'm not making anywhere near the money that I want to make, even though I'm making a lot of money. And that's what keeps me going. You know, we we do a launch in the business, which is kind of like, you know, the two go hand in hand really, right? So we we run an eight-week butt camp program. We design it, we put it all together, we launch it, and it's an eight-week program. And of course then, we sell 3,000 of them in the first week, okay? Our most successful program to date, 3,000 programs sold in seven days. So and that's $300,000, by the way, okay? In seven days from one $97 program. Now, do you think at the end of that, I went, oh my God, that's it. Yes, we we did it. It was great. It was wonderful. <sighs> 
well, what am I going to do now? Am I going to work on another program or am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? I'm like, like my team will tell you the minute a program launches, okay, the minute we, in fact, quite often before it's even launched, whenever my part of the program is done, whenever I've written it, whenever I've approved the sales pages, approved the emails, whenever I've approved all my parts of it and it's gone off to my team to to design and, and create, I'm already thinking of the next program. I'm, I'm in our team meetings going, guys, I've had a really good idea, right? So I'm going to launch this program. It's going to be called Basement Jacked. And it's about, you know, everyone's training in gyms at the minute. So it's about how to train in your home gym, how to build a home gym, how to train in a home gym, how to do barbells and dumbbells. And the team are like, whoa, 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 Kim, Kim, hang on. Well, I haven't even launched the butt camp yet. And I'm like, I know, I know, but I just had this really good idea. So I want to tell you about it. So my, my mind is always, I'm always jumping ahead and jumping ahead and jumping ahead because I'm always thinking of the next thing. So as soon as the butt camp is launched, I'm going, right, what's the next program? What's the next program? What's the next program? I'm like, what's my next goal? What's my next goal? Because these little goals, these little programs, the jailhouse shred, the butt camp, the one week shred, the four week shred, the 12 week shred, the meal plans, the meal planning masterclass, all of this content that I'm pushing out, not only does it serve my audience, but these are little goals that I'm accomplishing that are moving me towards my bigger goal, my bigger infinity goal, which is now a billion dollar company. So I want you to take that kind of concept or take that idea and I want you to, to apply that to yourself and I want you to ask yourself now wherever you are listening to this okay whether you're walking your dog you're hiking up a hill you're on the treadmill you're driving in your car you're lying in your bed whatever I want you to ask yourself what is your infinity goal and it may be for your business maybe for you know for work it may be professionally it may be something like maybe you're a jiu-jitsu champion or maybe you want to climb Mount Everest or you know something right maybe you're a runner and you want to run you know three Ironmans back to back whatever it is whatever your infinity goal is ask yourself what is your infinity goal? Dare to dream big. Dare to dream big. Like, I want to run a billion dollar company. And to a lot of people, they're like, fuck me. Like, even the thought of it is so overwhelmingly massive. Listen, it's overwhelmingly massive to me whenever I think about it. But it doesn't scare me because I'm just like, well, I'm just going to keep working towards it and working towards it and working towards it. So every tiny little step and every tiny little success or big success that I have along the way moves me closer to that goal. So I want you to ask yourself for your with your body goal or with whatever it is, you know, maybe you're finding yourself emotional or you've just finished a diet or you've just finished a shred and you're finding yourself in this kind of limbo land of not really knowing what to do. Ask yourself, what is your infinity goal? What do you want to look like? How big do you want your quads? How big do you want your glutes? Do you want to have washboard abs? Have you always told yourself that no matter what, you will get rid of your back fat what, or your cellulite, right? Whatever your infinity goal is, whether or not you think you can achieve it, you have to have the goal in your mind. Troll through Instagram, scroll through Instagram, like look look for bikini athletes, fitness models, fitness athletes. So, you know, look up um, Gymshark, look up Better Bodies, look up all of the big um, the big apparel companies and look at the models that they use and then click on their profiles and then click on more profiles and, and Instagram will start to, you know, know what you're looking for and suggest different profiles and things for you and start to screenshot all of the bodies that excite you and that you're thinking, one day I will look like that. One day I will have those quads. One day I will have those glutes. And don't stop working until you get there and take many, many, many steps along the way. Maybe you need, maybe you're 40 kilos overweight and you need to lose a lot of body fat. Well, pick a body goal and, and don't stop until you get there. 
And if you fall off the wagon along the way, which you will, you'll do an eight-week butt camp and you'll be like, oh, I thought I would have lost 20 pounds and I only lost, or I thought I would have lost 20 kilos, only lost 10 kilos. Well, that's fine. Now you have data. In eight weeks, you can lose 10 kilos. So reset yourself, give yourself a couple of weeks off and start again. Get back on that wagon, do another eight weeks. Commit to the eight weeks, give yourself another week or two off and then either change programs or do it again. You know, keep going until you achieve your goal, but don't beat yourself up and don't feel upset and don't allow yourself to get into this limbo of being either on or off. Because if you do that, you will just live in this perpetual state of being dissatisfied, not really knowing where to go and what to do. And, and it's not a nice place to live. It's really not a nice place to live. Usually after a shred, after I have um, shredded for the stage, I give myself two weeks off the gym two full weeks off. And because I've decided in my mind, I've set a plan of action before I finish my shred, I set a plan of action and I say, I will either one week or two, depending, but I usually give myself two. And I say, I'm going to give myself two full weeks rest. I'm going to eat. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to spend time with my kids and my family. And I'm not going to go to the gym and I'm going to rest for two full weeks. And do you know how sweet those weeks are whenever you have said to yourself that that's what you're going to do? All the ones in the butt camp were asking me, what what I do afterwards, what I do afterwards. I said, you know what you do? You take one, two, three, four, five, however many days you feel you need and you eat you eat and you eat until you feel satisfied. You, if you've been really missing food on the shred, you don't, uh, you don't restrict yourself. You don't go, oh well, I'll just have one scoop, not two. You have five scoops, right? You, you eat until you feel completely and utterly satisfied, mentally and physically, and then you decide on a new goal. But you need to give yourself one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days, two weeks rest, whatever it is. You need to give yourself, you need to decide in advance on the rest period. You need to decide in advance on, you know, on on how long you're going to give yourself to completely binge or whatever. People say, oh, you shouldn't binge after a shred. I'm like, that's bullshit. Binge. See if you restrict yourself. See, it's like being permanently on a diet. See if you're constantly trying to hold back. You'll end up taking little, you know, you'll end up cheating and cheating and cheating and cheating little bits and you'll you'll completely shoot yourself in the foot. I did a podcast on snacking. Um, I'm not sure what number it is, but if you if you go into the podcast anyway, scottvegan.com forward slash podcasts and you look for, it's one of the earlier episodes, I can't remember, um, maybe 18 or something about snacking, right? And, and in that episode, I talked all about snacking, the emotional need to snack, what snacking does for you, why we snack, why we can't snack. And that really breaks us down what happens whenever we're, you know, we're half on and we're half off. But you need to give yourself that time to completely reset and readjust and then just to, and then set a new goal. You know, it's easy for me to say, like, I don't reverse diet. A lot of people have asked about reverse dieting. If if you if you are the kind of person who feels like you need that control and you want to reverse diet, you can add in 100 calories every three days. So say you finished your diet on 14, 1300 calories calories and your normal daily calories or the calories you need to eat to maintain your current body size is 2000 calories well then you just gradually increase your calories by say 100 every three days. If you have that amount of self-control, I personally never did. So you increase your calories by 100 every three days until you reach the calories that you're supposed to eat, your total daily energy expenditure to maintain your current body composition. And there you stop or you eat in slight deficit of it, 15 or 20% below so that you can... Um, uh, continue to lose body fat if that is indeed your goal. But really, you know, if you eat well and you commit to a long-term lifestyle change, which is connected 
to your infinity goal, which you must have. You must know where you're going in order to to plan to get there. And, and if you're connected to that goal, knowing what to do is really easy. It's kind of like, um, can you imagine if you if you just drove around aimlessly? Imagine if you got in the car without a destination, okay? Not having an infinity goal or not knowing where you're going is kind of like not um, not having a destination if you get in the car. You just get in the car and you drive around aimlessly, okay? And you know, sometimes your intent is just to drive around and look at the scenery. And that's great. That's what I'm doing at the minute. Well, not the minute because I'm on a shred. But before this, whenever I came back from Australia, I was like, I'm just going to drive around and look at the scenery. And that's what I was doing. I wasn't working towards any goal. I was still training in the gym only four days a week. I was only training in the gym four days a week when I came back from Australia. And my normal pattern is five and I'm back training five at the minute. But I, I, my goal was just to drive around aimlessly. And at some point I knew I would come home but I was happy to drive around and look at the scenery and see what it felt like to not be working towards the stage, to not be working towards next year's stage, next year's stage, next year's stage, which is what I've been doing for four years. And, and it's lovely and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and I, I loved the scenery and it was beautiful. So maybe that is your goal. And if that is your goal, that's okay. But if your goal is actually to achieve a destination and you're driving around aimlessly, then you're driving in the wrong direction, honey. You need to, you need to know where you're going. But, you know, um, overwhelm and disappointment comes from not having a goal. You must allow yourself to hit the reset button. You can't be on all the time or you will burn out. So what I what I would encourage you to do or just as a as a final point here, just to really drive it home is you have to create a bigger vision for your life. Create a bigger vision for who you want to be where you want to go and what you want to do. Like, and if you are like, you know what, Kim, I'm happy with my life. Like I'm thinking of my sister, right? My sister, Carol. I love my sister, Carol. She's my oldest sister. And Carol is so happy with her life. She is a director in our family business. She earns a good wage. Her husband earns a good wage. They live in a lovely house. But Carol does not have any plans for world domination and neither does she want to. She her she has two beautiful girls and you know they go to school. They're not homeschoolers, I guess. Carol lives a very normal in inverted commas life. They get up in the morning, they go to work, they see family on the weekend, the girls go to school, they're growing up like, you know, like regular, normal people. Whereas I'm kind of the anomaly. I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm the one who wants to have a billion dollar company and who stands on stage in sparkly bikini. Like I'm the I'm the crazy one in the family, right? And I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you might also be the crazy one in the family, the heretic, you know, the black sheep. Um, but, you know, and if, and Carol would say, if I was like, if I said to her, set a bigger vision for yourself, set a bigger goal, Carol, she would be like, uh, yeah, you're a wee bit crazy. No, thanks. I'm okay. <laughs> so, so, um, but then, but then she's happy with what she's doing, but she's not like, you know, feeling disappointed at the end of a shred and whatever. But if you're working on a shred and you're the kind of person who's like, yes, I'm here for the eight weeks and I'm, and you've grinded and you've done your two hours cardio and you've, you've enjoyed the pushing and the, and the feeling alive and the adversity and all of that, then it seems like you're a little bit more like me than you are like my sister, Carol. And if that is you, you need to have your bigger vision. You have to have your bigger vision. What do you want to do? What do you want to look like? Where do you want to go? Because everything, everything you do in the interim will move you towards that goal or away from that goal. And then there's no need to feel guilty. Then there's no need to, to feel, you know, oh, should I be doing this? Should I be doing cardio? Should I not be doing cardio? Should I be eating or not eating? Because you're just like, okay, you look in the mirror and you go, Kim, 
what do you want this body to do? What do you want this body to look like? Christina, my assistant, she runs marathons. And she said, I always have this at the end of a marathon. You know, I've been doing 50 miles a week. And then I feel like I should be keeping up the 50 miles a week. But my mind's going, no, your body needs to rest. And you know, and she, and she said, it's the same with every big goal that you achieve, especially when you have been on towards that goal. And then it stops and you forget that we're human beings. We, we get into a pattern of go, 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 go. And sometimes we have to stop, reevaluate hit the reset button, realign our sights on the target, and then get going again. So allow yourself that period of know that it's normal, know that it's natural. After you've been on, really on for a period of time, you have to allow the body to readjust its homeostatic norm. You have to. It's You're going to feel emotional and you're going to feel a wee bit upset. But Rather than punish yourself or rather than, you know, keep yourself doing cardio or, or, or feelings of guilt or anger or resentment towards yourself, just be like, oh, wow, I'm feeling this way. This is, this is interesting. I, I, I've never experienced this before because I've never worked so intensely before. Allow yourself that period of readjustment. Allow yourself that period of being in limbo and allow yourself some, cut yourself some slack, you know, some rest, some good food, you know, a bit of reevaluation, set your sights on your bigger goal, pick yourself up and get going again, athlete, because that is what it takes to really achieve something spectacular in your life. So there you have it. A little lesson on how to reverse diet turned into an infinity goal lesson. <laughs> but hopefully you find these podcasts inspiring. Certainly, I love recording them. Um, and I know that you do find them inspiring because you write to me all the time and say, I'm so inspired by the Sculpt and Vegan. So it keeps me going and keeps me doing what I do, knowing that you're listening and knowing that you're enjoying them. So um, hopefully you feel inspired to create your infinity goal and you feel inspired to create a bigger vision for yourself. And you will recognize that, you know, Every little bump you hit along the way is just part of the journey. But as long as you have that bigger vision, you will always know where you're going. And if you just keep working, one day you will get there or you will realign your vision into something different and you will head in that direction instead. But if you always have a vision of where you're going and who you want to be and what you want to achieve, you will never feel lost because you'll always be on the path to what it is that you want to achieve or where it is that you are going. So don't forget to leave a review on the podcast. Um, send Leave a review wherever you're listening to it. Send me a screenshot as a DM on Instagram, The Sculpted Vegan. And you could be with a chance of winning one of our Sculpted Vegan programs, including the $1,500 Sculpt and Shred. And I will talk to you next week for another episode of the Strong and Sculpted podcast by me, Kim Constable, your host. Have a wonderful week wherever you are. Love you loads from my heart to your heart. I will speak to you next week. Bye for now.